Welcome to another week of Understanding Christianity's mini podcast, Strength for Today. It is Monday, July 25th. And just a programming note, uh, this will be the last week of the Strength for Today podcast as we finish out the book of Philippians. I have truly enjoyed doing these daily mini bursts of encouragement. Uh, If you remember back in May, We started these. Uh, My wife was the one that encouraged me to do this, and I really have enjoyed doing them. But to be honest with you, it's taking up a little bit more time than I am going to be um, allowed to have here in the near future. Um, Next week, I leave for a mission trip to India. I will be gone 10 days. We go to India about every year on a mission trip. After that, The summer starts winding down, and I'm going to be taking my oldest son out to college. And during the summer months, I have a little bit more time in my schedule to be able to do more things. And so, uh, thankfully, in God's providence, He's allowed me the time to be able to do these mini podcasts every weekday. Uh, But I'm just not going to be able to have the time here in the near future. So we're going to wind up this week. Hopefully it's been a beneficial summer for you going through Philippians. And so we are still in chapter 4. And so let's read Philippians 4, 10 through 20. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God, And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Last week we began chapter 4 and Paul tells us to not be anxious about anything but to pray and the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds and that we're to think and meditate upon these excellencies and beauties of Christ and the gospel. And now in this final section of Philippians, he's actually going to address uh, finances and stewardship, uh, the biblical teachings on giving. Um, And so when you look at the scriptures and especially the teachings of Jesus, you find that almost a third of what he spoke about concerns money, finances, and stewardship. And so when you think about stewardship, God owns everything. God is in control of everything. The great myth in this world is that we own anything, that we deserve anything, that we can do, we can have any good apart from God. Deuteronomy 8 17 and 18 tell us that it's God's power that allows us to get wealth and to make money. It's directly a blessing of God on our lives. And by extension, um, everything that we have, every perfect gift comes from God. The ability to, to make money, the ability to work, the time that we have, the talent that we have, everything is a gift 
from God. And so as we think about this passage of Scripture, Paul here is telling us about giving. I want you to notice, again, the word Paul uses, um, joy. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, this is verse 10, that now at length you have received your concern for me. I rejoice. Again, that's the the theme of the book of Philippians, joy in the gospel. Now it relates to financial stewardship. Uh, Paul's saying, listen, you Philippians were very concerned for my welfare. You voluntarily decided as a church to give money to support me. And this was given through a man named Epaphroditus. And Paul's saying, in reality, I didn't really need the gift, but I accepted it with great joy. Now, where's Paul when he's writing this? He's in prison. What made Paul so joyful even in prison? Well, verse 11, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Whatever situation, he he was learning to be content no matter what the circumstance is. Now think about contentment here. Paul says, I've learned to be content. I think contentment is related to joy. I think they're intrinsically linked. Contentment is not something that you can go buy at Walmart off the shelf and put in your back pocket. True contentment is only learned through experience. Circumstances and experiences that are ordained by God in His providence to develop you spiritually and to teach you contentment. It's something that you have to go through in order to experience. And one of the truths that we see in this passage, and it's very very hard to comprehend in our American consumeristic and materialistic culture, is that things don't really matter relationships matter. Uh, Let me just ask you a very simple question as you start this new week. Are you content? Truly content. Are you content with where God has placed you? Are you content with your finances? Are you content with your job? Are you content with your relationships? Are you content with your church? Now, does this come automatically? No, again, it comes through experience. It comes through God cultivating this contentment in our hearts when we trust in Him on a daily basis to meet our needs, no matter what the circumstances. And so Paul says there in verse 12, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Any and every circumstance, any and every circumstance that you are put in is ordained by God for your good. Whether it's to be brought low, whether it's to go through a time of trial, whether it's to go through a time of blessing. The point that Paul's saying is no matter what I go through, I've learned to be content. Now we get to verse 13, which is probably one of the most famous passages in scripture, especially in the book of Philippians. And you see it on bumper stickers, you see it all over the place. But I want you to remember the context. Context, context, context. What is Paul talking about here? He's talking about contentment 
trusting Christ in any and all circumstances, especially when it comes to being in prison and when it comes to finances. But notice what he says. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Can we do all things through Christ who gives us strength? In a sense, we can because His divine power has given us all things for life and godliness. But in the context of this passage, in the immediate context of what he's talking about, the ability or the power to do all things really comes in being content and being mature in our financial giving. It's really talking about giving and finances. When we think about finances, when you think about tithing, giving, many times you may feel weak. You may feel overwhelmed. You may feel lacking. I, I can't do this. You may have a hard time trusting in God's provision. But what does God promise us through Christ? We can do all things. We have the strength to be content in any and all circumstances and to practice financial, financial stewardship. So in order to be obedient to the Lord in proportional giving, giving to your local church, practicing biblical stewardship, you and I need the strength to be able to do that. And that's exactly what God promises. God promises us to give us the ability and the power to remain faithful through Christ, to be content in our stewardship. You know, stepping up to the plate and practicing faithful biblical stewardship in giving of tithes and offerings requires brave faith. It requires you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And this passage of Scripture promises how God will give us that strength. Look at verse 14. It was kind of you to share my trouble. It's a rare Greek word there that Paul uses to share in his trouble. The word means a deep partnership of two people going in the same direction. Paul gives this this imagery of people going in the same direction. The Philippian church and Paul were going in the same direction. Now, Paul was physically in prison. So what direction were they going? They were both going in the direction of advancing the gospel. If you remember all the way back to the beginning of Philippians, Paul is thankful, joyful that they're sharing in his suffering in prison and advancing the gospel. And for Paul, it was tribulation. It was trouble. He was in prison. It was a very difficult ordeal for him to undergo. And he's in prison. The Philippian church, he's writing back to them. They're in a joint partnership with him. They're suffering alongside of him in the gospel. And how are they particularly helping Paul? How are they particularly joining in his suffering? How are they advancing the gospel? Through their financial giving. It's interesting how giving... Biblical stewardship is intrinsically tied to the gospel. What does the gospel tell us? In the gospel, we see God freely giving us Jesus, and we see Jesus freely dying in our place. So the gospel is all about generous giving by both the Father and the Son, so that we can be reconciled back to God. And so when we give back, when we, when we practice proportional giving in our local church to the Lord, we are, in a sense, picturing the gospel. Our giving mirrors what Jesus did, and we can rejoice in the ability to be able to be generous in our giving like He was as we model 
the gospel. In addition, our giving enables your local church to advance the gospel. Now, most churches, every church that I know of, that's a Bible-believing church that, that, that gets all of its tithes and offerings from the membership, needs money in order to do ministry. Your church probably does missions, you support missionaries, you probably have children's and youth ministries, you have staff, you may have facilities, um, you may have even indebtedness on your building. All of these different things, utilities, curriculum, all of these things require money. And so your church and my church, the way to operate to advance the gospel, to fulfill the mission that God's called us to do, requires the faithful giving of the membership so that you can live out what God has called you to do as a church. And so maybe you're not practicing biblical stewardship, and this may be a convicting message for you this morning, but I pray that you, as you start this week, to really ask yourself, am I content and am I practicing faithful stewardship? And verse 13 promises that I can do all things through God who gives me strength. So you can be content in any and all circumstances, and you can practice financial stewardship through the power of the gospel that only comes in Christ. Well, thank you for starting this new week of Understanding Christianity's mini podcast. Again, today is July 25th. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow. Until that time, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus.